And we're joined now by Jake Scott and Tim Lacombe. And recency bias usually leads the conversation. But I'd have to say this one probably needs to go back to the opening five minutes. Yeah, this one, uh, I, I'm just going to say I don't recognize in, much, much about that team. Um, I don't have the numbers to prove it, but I would I would almost bet you that that is the least amount of passes that were thrown. Oh, I can I can't game. find that for the whole year, but maybe. So let's that, that's we'll put that out on the table. Text me tomorrow. And then it, you I'll know, look for it tomorrow. Ron can take me to Nibley if uh, if I'm right. <laughs> to my country club, <laughs> Nibley. <laughs> yeah. Um, so here's the overwhelming thought I had. I, I think this team when. When everything's clicking, there is a, a level of connectedness that is palpable. And you can see it on the defensive end, and you can see it on the offensive end, and the ball flies around, and they fly up and down the floor. And I think tonight it was a very, very different story from the start. Really, like you said, David, lifeless. I think your point about, I, I never really quantified it with words, but the way you said they, they wanted to take the easiest route possible to win the game. And that's always a tough one, tough way to step into a game. So uh, definitely, the to me, the linchpin for this team is the defensive end. And if they can be good there and create opportunities and get out and run based on their defense, that's where this team's been great. And we just are that, – that's the piece of this right now, to me, that's sliding. So you, you're – let me ask a question yeah. real fast. You said the least amount of passes thrown by the Wizards – no, 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 I'm talking about the Jazz. The passes thrown by the Jazz and the loss. Correct. Or just in a game. Yeah. Yeah. Here's, I mean, I sat here with Jake, and I was in the second half. I'll bet you seven out of ten times I said no passes, no passes, no passes. <laughs> I mean, it was about every time down. Um, I'll look for it. I'll see what I can find for you. Um, here's a just can I give you a little disturbing trend? We've kind of done this before, but I'm going to do it again. Yes. This was our 40th game of the year. We need, right? we need a sound for disturbing trend, like the 30-point bell. Here are our defensive rankings in games against what I would call full, relatively full NBA rosters. Okay, recently. Start with Philadelphia on the 15th of February. We are now over a month ago. That was our 34th ranked defensive game of the year out of 39. It would actually, tonight was worse, so it'll be 34 out of 40. Then we played a Clipper team without... Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, or any of them. I'm not going to count that game. Is that fair? Can I dismiss that That's game? That's fair, yep. Our next night against the Clippers, our defense was our 32nd out of 40 defensive rated night. Then we played the Charlotte Hornets, which were, other than Gordon Hayward leaving the game with an injury, were pretty good. We were pretty good. We were 17th. We were fine. We played the Lakers without Anthony Davis. They're still okay. We can count it. We were really good defensively that night. It was our seventh best defensive game of the year. You can choose to dismiss that if you would like because Anthony Davis did not play, but I would just say, and Dennis Schroeder didn't play. So, I mean, they're, uh, they're missing two of their three. We might dismiss it. Against Miami, it was our 36th ranked defensive night out of 40, unless, and tonight, unless tonight pushes it down. Orlando was our 28th out of 40. New Orleans was our 35th out of 40. Philadelphia was our 33rd out of 40. Houston was a G League team. Golden State was our 37th out of 40. Boston was our 26th out of 40. In a quick scan without exactly knowing, tonight's final number, I'm guessing tonight is our 37, 36th out of 40 defensive performance. It was right there with the uh, Philly game, right? In numbers, pretty yeah. close to one. So we have had one, two, three, four, five, six, Seven games in the last month that are in our bottom ten defensive performances of the season. And it's so evident. I mean, it's clear as a, as a bell of what, what's going on with the Jazz defensively. But it's, look at this. Now, the games that we won during that period. Uh, yes, we beat the Boston Celtics. Offensively, that we just outscored and the defense wasn't that good? Or Well, Houston was not really an don't NBA team. Don't count Houston, yeah. Okay. So you're counting the Orlando, you, the Orlando, the Charlotte, and the Laker wins. The Charlotte performance was our eighth best, and the Philadelphia win. Okay, here they are. Philadelphia was the second best offensive performance we've had all season long. Charlotte was the eighth best offensive performance we've had all season long. Lakers was the sixth best offensive performance we've had all season long. 
Orlando was the fourth best offensive performance we've had all season long. So we outscored them, even I though mean, our, like, our defense wasn't that good. Right, for we us just to outscore them. Other than the Boston game, yeah. for us to win right now, and Boston was our 16th best offensive performance of the year. We've had some good ones. We were 120. For us to win a game right now, we have to be astronomically awesome offensively. Which brings us back to this ball game. Westbrook matched Beal as far as, I mean, um, Donovan matched Beal as far as points. Joe Ingles matched Westbrook as far as points. Um, what we didn't get tonight was, well, and then, you know, you put the others together pretty close, but what we didn't get tonight was Boyan, and we didn't get Jordan Clarkson tonight. So we don't outscore him, even though our defense was pretty good. Right. You know the perfect ending of that the defense rest. <laughs> wow. Nice. See, I was trying to think of something. Because you just told the story, David, with numbers. I was just trying to think of something creative like, hey, they started off for the Jefferson Memorial and ended up somewhere outside of Falls Church. <laughs> I know. I was so bummed. I wanted to get there so bad. We were going. We were on my favorite. It's my favorite spot in America to go on that journey. I didn't get to finish. I it. never got to the reflecting pool. I never got to see myself. I know. We I was did, stuck we at didn't. the Smithsonian about seven times. All of a sudden, the kids said they had to go to the bathroom, and after we, we reached the Washington <laughs> Monument, we had to go back, and the bathrooms are on the other side. And then we realized we left our wallet on the metro, and then we had to go downstairs. We ended up getting on the red line to Shady Grove, and it all sucked after that. He did get to 14th Street, though. <laughs> didn't make it that far. Yeah, I did. mean, I was going to do my bar hopping for my years in my college year there, but it seemed inappropriate. I'm glad you didn't. Okay. But I did enjoy it. It was very good. It was. Well, good. At least we got something I can, made you enjoy tonight. How's that? <laughs> All right, guys. Appreciate your work. Thank you. See you. 131 to 122 is your final jazz fall to the Wizards. We're breaking it down next here on the Jazz Radio Network. Game night post game show here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe. Rough night tonight for the Utah Jazz. They lose to the Wizards in Washington, 131 to 122. Uh, Tim, the the Stars scored a bunch of points in this game, but the Jazz did not play well. Donovan Mitchell had 42 points on 16 of 30 shooting. Joe Ingles had a career high 34. Um, on the other side, Bradley Beal with 43 points and Russell Westbrook with a 35, 15, and 13 triple-double. <laughs> Westbrook is, he, he was so good tonight, and I, I honestly believe, you know, he, it's just one of those things with the Jazz where he had that in, situation, and he's just, you know, he's always going to be ready for that game, no matter what. Um, I thought Joe for the Jazz, I thought Joe was really engaged tonight. And I thought Joe played, um, you know, really aggressively, but he also tried to get the guys in stuff and run pick and roll and, and hit uh, kickouts and things like that. Um, it just overall, and I said this in, with David and Ron, it did not look like the Jazz team we've watched this year. Uh, it looked kind of like a bad version of an NBA team we watched the Jazz pound this year. Very little ball movement, no dedication to getting – any kind of stops, transition defense was non-existent. And I, I was just so discouraged with the shot selection, too. I just felt like, um, and we talked about not settling, and it was just so much uh, where they just kind of settled for, for easy stuff or stuff that came easy for them. So uh, I think this is a major step backward tonight. And uh, obviously you don't overreact, and, but, but it's definitely, you know, what we've seen over the last, uh, you know, couple games before the All-Star break and the games after. You know, there's got to be some some serious uh, stress in Jazz Nation. The hard part it, uh, about it for me is you look at that Boston game, you think, OK, well, there's the game where they remembered, you know, like, oh, yeah, this is what worked for us. And this is how we do we play a little defense, you know, move the ball around. And, uh, you know, they got a nice win in Boston over a Boston team that's been playing much better lately. And then it's it's. I felt like I was watching the Golden State game all over again, except worse. And I know maybe the, the score didn't end up being as bad. But, I mean, no stops whatsoever, no defensive bite at all. I'm with you on the on moving the ball around. It just didn't happen. And so, you know, it, uh, they've still got some things to figure out. The Boston game wasn't like, oh, okay, well, back to business as usual. It now looks like the anomaly. 
Yeah, and really that Boston game was kind of stretches. We saw familiarity. Um, but th- there are certain things that I think were were pretty much um, staples of jazz basketball, you know, unselfishness being number one. You know, and I've had a couple of people stop me, you know, they just watch the guys every night. And they're like, do you feel like the ball doesn't move like it used to? And, and maybe guys are, are taking shots or forcing plays, which they are. I mean, it's just yeah. they, they are. Um, and sometimes within the course of a season, you know, things change, but they, they've got to do whatever it takes to get back to playing connected. And I think if you, I use that word because it works on both ends. This isn't, you know, an offensive issue, a defensive issue. It's a connected issue. And the guys just got to get back on the same page. Yep, no doubt about it. A tough one tonight as the Jazz lose to the Wizards, 131 to 122. With that, we'll say goodnight to our network stations. Our next broadcast, uh, no time to rest, Tim. We'll be coming up tomorrow night. They're taking on the Toronto Raptors. However, the Raptors are not playing this season in Toronto. They're playing in Tampa Bay. So they'll be in Tampa Bay to take on the Raptors. Uh, The game tomorrow night will tip off at 6 o'clock. For those of you sticking around with us, we'll have sound from the locker room, and we'll continue to break this one down. Jazz fall tonight, 131 to 122, right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Game night post game show here on the Jazz Radio Network. It's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. Your score Jazz fall to the Wizards in Washington 131 to 122. Let's get a look at your sharp stats of the game brought to you by the Les Olson Company. Les Olson Company, your office technology partner. Uh, tonight, the Jazz shot 45.8% from the field, 37.5% from three, 18 to 48. Uh, the Jazz were led by Donovan Mitchell, 42 points on 16 of 30, shooting 4 of 12 from 3, had 6 assists and 4 rebounds. Joe Ingles, a career-high 34 points tonight, 5 rebounds, 2 assists for Joe. Rudy Gobert, a double-double, 10 points, 13 boards. He had a couple of blocks. And then from there, uh, Tim, it gets, uh, it gets sparse for the Jazz. Royce O'Neal had 11. Bogdanovich had 6. He was 2 of 12, 0 of 6 from 3 as he continues to struggle. And Jordan Clarkson had a tough night, 2 of 11 from the field, 1 of 8 from 3. He had seven points uh, for the Wizards. Bradley Beal with 43 on 16 of 24 shooting. My goodness. And uh, Russell Westbrook with 35 points, 15 rebounds, 13 assists. Hachimura had uh, 12 points, and Lopez had 11 coming in off the bench. But, you know, uh, Tim, the the final score, uh, 131 to 122, I don't think does this one justice. It was it was This was all Washington all the time. Jazz got it within eight in the fourth quarter, but then the Wizards got a couple of uh, of offensive rebounds and put it back up to double digits, and it just it really wasn't close after that. And it's kind of like the games, you know, you look back at the games that uh, the the Miami game, you know, in Miami where the Jazz just couldn't get a stop. You know, they, they, they actually played pretty good offense in that game. They couldn't get a stop. Uh, you know, the Pelicans game that they lost, they gave up 129, and just like that in isolation in the half court couldn't get stops. Uh, so I think that is, is is a big piece of this trend that the guys are really struggling right now defensively to kind of get on the same page, to get in a rhythm. And, you know, that that is the biggest difference in in this jazz team right now is the defense just doesn't have have much teeth. That's I mean, we there there were some issues on offense, uh, certainly. And we we got into a few of those a little bit in the last segment. But I mean, yeah, defense, um, the effort, it just isn't there. I mean, it it just isn't. I mean, the Wizards. The Wizards uh, got whatever they wanted. Yeah, there there were a couple of plays, and I know that Quinn talked, you know, uh, openly, or, or Jordan talked openly about Donovan and Quinn, and he doing some film together. But there's going to be some really bad clips in this game tonight. Um, there were a couple that were surfacing or thrown around uh, in terms of the Jazz just guarding and the effort, like you talk about, and attention to detail and all that. It's just those are the types of things as a coach that. I mean, you can you can handle getting beat, and you can handle if somebody just flat out plays you. And I and I think Beal and Westbrook were were great tonight, but I think it was more like the the Jazz gave them a ton of of energy in the beginning and let them just kind of get free. And then we've t- we've seen that happen this year. Yeah, those those players are great. I mean, Bradley Beal's leading the league in scoring for, for a yeah, He's a great player. But they did. It didn't feel like the Jazz made it very hard for those two. I mean, Westbrook went nuts at the beginning, but then Beal picks it up. And, I mean, 
we talked about Beal's effective shooting, uh, effective field goal percentage in the in the pregame, and we talked about how well he's playing. But I mean, sixteen of twenty-four for a player like him, where he's got to be the focal point of your defense. I mean, you've got to make it difficult for him. You you talked in the pregame about you know possibly face guarding him and keeping the ball out of his hands. Well. They did none of the above. I mean, it just seemed like an easy night for Bradley Beal. Yeah, he, he got where he wanted to, and, and that's been kind of the uh, – when the Jazz have been good defensively, they've really, again, dictated where the other team's going to get their shots. Um, that has not felt like that for a long time, where the Jazz kind of flip shot charts and make things difficult. So uh, a big part of this – you know, teams are making adjustments, but I think it more has more to do with the effort and the energy and kind of the, uh, the connected – part you know that this team was really good at for for a long time yeah it certainly uh, looks different i mean i i am not surprised uh, as you mentioned that you get people coming up and asking you like is is the ball moving as well as it used to you know is the defense as good as it was and and it's just not it's different yeah you you see it yep. everybody watches you know the team play and i think that the book on the jazz was man this team is so fun to watch because the ball just it's flying all over the place and they're running in transition and they're getting stops and so that's that's a part, you know, part of that Jazz has got to get back to. All right, let's get some post-game sound going. Let's start things off with Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. Okay, we'll get started with Ben Anderson, KSLSports.com. Quinn, it seems like they ended up with a lot of shots at mid-range. Are those shots you're happy to have them taking, or were they too open, or, or what did you see? Well, they want to be contested. You know, Bradley Beal's one of the best mid-range shooters in the league. You know, Russell Westbrook has... Um, the mid-range game, you know, I thought with Westbrook's, we it was too easy for him to get us deep, um, particularly in a lot of the back downs and the post-ups. And in many situations, you know, when we did get a stop or contest, um, some of the same. When we cut the lead to seven, um, you know, we gave up a free throw rebound. Fortunately, didn't score on that. We gave up another rebound, offensive rebound, and uh, you know, more than them making shots, which, you know, you're going to expect, you know, be able to make shots. You know, it's a lot of the other things that, you know, that we didn't do consistently enough, whether it be taking care of the ball, you know, six turnovers in the first quarter, um, those lead to baskets. Uh, just being focused on, can't give up four 30-point 30, 30 quarters. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Quinn, I was going to ask about the turnovers. It seems like particularly at the beginning of the last few games, there have been a lot of those quarters where, you know, high high turnover totals. What is the issue in your mind with, with those happening? Is it a lack of focus earlier on before kind of settling in or, or what's going on there? Uh, you know, I, that that's what, you know, something along those lines is what I would attribute it to. Um, you know, there's there's turnovers and then there's turnovers and some of the ones that, you know, although we're being defended, um, we're not there. There are things that we, you know, there's play, there are plays we can make um, and we have to be more precise and have to, it has to be more important not, not to take care of the, or to take care of the ball um, because those things, you know, especially early in the game, as you said, you know, there's times when you can overcome that and there's times when you, you know, you dig yourself, you know, a pretty, a pretty big hole, too big a hole. And um, our response to turn the ball over or missing a shot has to be to, to have even more resolve on the defensive end. Next up, Sarah Todd, Desert News. <clears throat> Quinn, last handful of games, there seemed to be a drop-off for you guys on the defensive end. Can you see a through line there or something that you can point to where you can say that's, that's the place where we kind of need to pick it up? I think it's, you know, it's a lot of things. It's, um, you know, collectively, you know, it started out the game. We we were too casual getting back on a couple of possessions. Um, you know, we got beat middle. Um, we didn't shift in from the weak side or we didn't get back and hit somebody and get them off the glass. So it, it's a collection of things, which to me, they're just the urgency that we have on defense, um, you know, needs to improve. Okay, that's it. Thank you, Coach. All right, there you go, Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. And that, that last answer there where he broke down all of the things that went wrong on defense and kind of sounded like all of the things went wrong on defense. Yeah, it's the, this one will not be hard to find root cause. Um, 
in, and I think Quinn knows that this, this has been kind of a, a trend, as David talked about, where the defense has just lost its edge. And, um, you know, everybody was pretty engaged. Um, and I still believe, you know, that those two things go hand in hand, that kind of trust factor defensively being in the right spot, because, you know, on the other end, if you're wide open, somebody's going to find you. And, and there's just a vibe that feeds off both sides. And that's the kind of the missing ingredient right now. Well, one thing that Quinn Snyder teams and kind of the way he's coached for years, and I wonder if, you know, the the lack of defensive effort has something to do with the lack of ball movement on the other side from a sense that, and and Jay Crowder was always, uh, I felt, the best uh, example of this, that, that Quinn Snyder is fine with his players shooting if they're giving it all, you know, everywhere on the floor. You know, Jay took some wild shots, but it felt like Coach Snyder was kind of okay with it because he did so many other things to help the team and he played hard all the time. I would guess it's really hard to play defense and then come up uh, the floor with those zero or one pass possessions where you're really busting your butt uh, and uh, don't get the payoff of getting touches or getting shots or whatever. It's, it's, it seems like uh, one leads to the other a little bit. It's human nature. Um, You want to be involved. You want to feel like you're contributing. Um, And there are just so many plays, you know, I point them out to you here in the studio as we watch, but like as a guy drives it, you know, plays that were just automatic uh, two weeks ago right. that now are becoming a little bit of a, a struggle for the Jazz to make. So it, it is a, you know, I think there's a lot of things at, at play here, but the most encouraging part of it is we've seen them do it. We know they're capable of doing it. Um, what What is uh, becoming a little bit alarming, and David alluded to it, is, is the trend is that, you know, the last five, six, seven games have not, you know, they're kind of trending downward or in the bottom bottom of our defensive efforts. So that's that's not a good thing. No, it is certainly not. Uh, we'll get to more coming up right around the corner. I want to remind you about our friends at Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. To find out more, go to markmillersubaru.com. Your final Jazz fall to the Wizards, 131 to 122. More sound coming up next right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show here on the Jazz Radio Network. It's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Let's get a look at your points in the paint. Brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 1-800-GO-CERTA or visit certapro.com. That's Serta with a C. We do painting, you do life. A moment here. Let's get uh, the points in the paint up. Not pretty for the Jazz. They're outscored in the paint by the Wizards tonight, 54-38. to Not really a surprise given how much they had going to the basket and how much they got in transition, that uh, that probably was to be expected. To be expected, yeah, I was actually expecting a whopper of a number, and you came up with a whopper of a number. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's not terrific, that's for sure. Just looking at the fast break points just for fun because I was curious, uh, Wizards outscored the Jazz 12-3. to I expected that uh, number to be bigger, actually. Uh, I want to go something you said uh, off the air, um, uh, Tim. Not that I make a habit of bringing up Goodness your gracious. off-the-air conversations. And no, we're not going to talk about Bob Costas like we were in the break. Uh, but you had talked about how good the Jazz were uh, at in transition uh, in the first half of the year. That was a big part of what, uh, what uh, made them so successful. And not only were they just dreadful defending in transition tonight, but it doesn't seem like that transition play has, has been there for this team for a little bit. No, it's kind of what... You know, the the same type of deal as in the half court where the ball is not flying up the floor. You know, it's not being earlyed up like we saw. And uh, they're not taking – it's almost as though that that part of the game is for whatever reason. And part of it may be the defense isn't as good, so they're taking the ball out of the net a lot more. Um, but that, that being said, even the opportunities they do have – you know, there was one tonight where Royce was really uncomfortable, came down, should have should – uh, shot a three and threw it out of bounds, you know, to Donovan on its left. So all those plays where they were were really effective, um, you know, that transition piece is kind of missing right now. Yeah, and it just, the flow is a little bit missing. 
And then you're probably right. I mean, if if you're not getting stops and and clearing defensive rebounds, which they were so good at in the in the first half of the year, you're probably not getting a whole lot of transition buckets. But I mean, we have we all have that pictured in our mind, right? The transition where somebody gets it uh, either in the corner or just barely above the break. You know, whether it's Royce or George or or uh, Joe or any or Jordan Clarkson, who's been so good at it, or Bogdanovich for that matter, who really struggled again tonight. We we just didn't we just are, are not seeing that. And in order for that to happen, ball's got to move. Um, and I'll swear to you, until I, my dying day, I, I would guarantee there were 20, at least 20 possessions tonight with zero passes. Yeah. We'll have to look that up because uh, it certainly felt that way, didn't it? Yeah. All right. Let's get some more postgame sound going. Let's go back to Washington, D.C. and uh, check in with Donovan Mitchell. Hey, Donovan. We'll get started with Sarah Todd, Desert News. Hey, Don, uh, can you maybe see a through line or what's been happening the last few games on defense uh, where you guys have kind of fallen off a little bit? Um, I think containing the ball, communication, um, that just comes with focus. Not sure we've had it the past few games. We just got to step up. You know, at the end of the day, we got to, you know, communicate, keep the ball in front of us. And, you know, without that, you know, we're, we're going to have nights like this. And um, it's got to pick it up. Kristen Kenny, Jesse B. Don also dealing with the the turnover issues that we've seen the past few games and tonight as well. It's are you seeing something that other teams are doing uh, to affect you guys' execution and rhythm? No, I, I think teams are just playing more physical. I mean, it's got to be more precise. You know, when a team, you know, wants it more, and, and then, like tonight, I think they just wanted it. They played last night. They played a tough game last night, and they you couldn't tell by the uh, way they played. So um, for us, we just got to be able to hone in and focus. Um, teams are going to go out there and, you know, try and come at us, you know, whether it's through physicality or energy, whatever it may be. Um, we just got to be ready for it. And we ha- I can't say we have been uh, for the past few games. Next up, Andy Larson, Salt Tribune. Donovan, it seems like maybe the, the biggest problem has been point of attack defense. Like, I don't know if it's dying on screens or not being able to find, the, you know, again, stay in front of guys. How do you make that happen? And, and kind of what I, do you have any explanation for why it's kind of dropped off as, as much of it as it has? It's, it's just a focus, um, to be honest with you. And I think that goes back to communication. Um, and then, you know, having just sense of, of pride defensively as well. Um, you know, I think that's, that's really what it is. And we're not going to get anywhere um, if we just try to outscore people. You know, if we, if we did that, we're, we're losing by nine. We came back, you know, we were right there, but, you know, we couldn't guard, couldn't rebound. Um, and then the turnovers, but just communicating, keeping the ball in front. You know, there's several instances where it's not always the guy on the ball, it's the shifts. So the guy sees a crowd, you know, I like to attack when I don't see anybody shifting. We got to do the same thing um, on defense. You know, I think that's that's what helps. But at the end of the day, one-on-one defense is what we're going to see going forward. We're going to see that in the playoffs. And if we can't guard, then uh, not going to really do much. So we got to take more pride in that and go from there. Tony Jones, The Athletic. Is there anything schematically that you guys can can do in terms of uh, in, in terms of containing, you know, a, a, a backcourt like Westbrook and, and Bill. And this, you know, this goes from night to night. You're going to see Fred Van Vliet tomorrow night. You're going to see Zach Levine on Monday, you know, and it goes on and on. Um, like I said, it's a, it's a team thing. You know, it's easy to just kind of say Royce has it or if it's a big Rudy has it or Fave has it or Joe has it. Like, you know, it's, it's on all of us, you know. Uh, Westbrook at 20 in the first... 14 minutes, 16 minutes, something like that. I mean, um, I think that's that says it all. You know, this, at the end of the day, like, you know, we're contesting shots and they're going to hit a few. They're, they're good players, they're high-level players. Uh, but, you know, we got to, like I said, keep the ball in front and, and go from there. Uh, schematically, we had a great, I would say we had a great plan drawn up. You know, we just didn't execute it to our best of our abilities. Um, you know, I think we can, we can do better. And I said, it's not always just a guy on the ball, you know, it's, it's the guy's the guy you see when you, when you watch the game, but it's just little things of shifting, being there, being at the point of the screen, communicating early. So we're not getting in certain situations. And then from there, it's guarding. Um, we just got to do it. Like I said, cause if we don't, you know, it's not going to be good for us. We just got to go out there and do it and go from there. 
Last question, follow up from Kristen Kenny. You're going to get the best from every team now in the NBA, whether it's like tonight facing the 13 team in the East, tomorrow, Toronto. So how much more important is it, Donovan, for you guys to get these strong starts to not give your opponents confidence? Um, it's huge. Like I said, teams are going to come out and try and be physical, try and disrupt our offense because our offense is free flowing and, you know, it's it's draining to to move the ball the way we to, to guard, have to guard the way we move the ball, to guard the way we run, shoot the three. Um, it's draining. So if they can take us out of it, whether it's hitting us on the screen or coming out with more energy or screaming, whatever it may be, um, we just got to be ready for it. You know, we can't wait, you know, and I think we've gotten accustomed to waiting and then saying, oh, we'll come back, you know, and I think we just got to find ways to go out there and, and whatever it is. I, I don't have a, don't have the magic saying right now, whatever it is, we got to go out there and do it to start uh, one through 15. Um, we saw got to be mentally ready. Cause you know, we're not, it's not the Jeff from the past. Like we're not four five, six, seven, eight C like we're the number one team in the league. And this is what comes with it. Every night you got to be ready and we got to do that. Thank you, Donovan. All right, that was uh, Donovan Mitchell tonight, and uh, Donovan did have a season high of uh, 42, uh, yeah, excuse me, 42 points. He had six assists and four rebounds. I want to talk uh, or ask you, Tim, about what he had to say about defense right there uh, because he did talk about focus and some other things we've heard, but he, he mentioned something that stood out to me where he said, you know, we can't say to ourselves, well, Royce has got it or Rudy's got it if it's a big. And he mentioned some other names too, um, but that – that made a lot of sense to me because it, that would kind of be easy to fall into that trap, right? Like, okay, well, you know, Royce's garden, you know, player number one or, or Rudy's back at the basket and Rudy's such a force and those things I can let down my guard a little bit because those guys are so good. And the, the Jazz are just not built that way. They've got to be working as one defensively. But that explains, I mean, if that's kind of what he's feeling, that fragmented feeling defensively, that's certainly what we're seeing. And I do believe that, when the Jazz are at their best, and, and you use this term, but they're on a string. Yeah. Um, when one guy moves, you know, the rotations are on point. And, and so, yeah, I, I think Donovan, you know, what he said there makes a lot of sense. This is a team thing. Um, and, yes, you are the best team in the league, but guess what? That's starting to really become uh, in peril because of the way they're playing. Right. And so it's, it's kind of a, a spiral, and they've got to figure out a way as a team to just get that mojo back that they had earlier in the year. If Russell Westbrook is going to score, what do you say, 20 points in the first 14 minutes, you gotta can't let that happen. you got to figure something out before he gets to 20, right? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, he, he's a guy who, again, we talk about scouting report and priority. Uh, I would say he was probably number two today. On, on the scouting report, and probably number one was Beal, and what those two guys get, 70? Yeah. 72 between them, I think. Right. So uh, that's a problem. Let's see. Let me just double-check. You never do math on the air, right? 35 plus 43? 78. 78. There Only 78. 78. Okay. <laughs> Again, don't do math on the air. You often look uh, less than intelligent. 78. 78. Last so, time I checked, that's good. That's not good. Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's good, good for the offensive player, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, if that's number one and two on the scouting report, yikes. Uh, let's see. They went, uh, let me see. Don't do math on the air, but I'm going to do it again. Uh, I'll or something. 28 of 47 from the field for those two. No, they, they were cooking. That's too easy. It's too easy. That's too easy. And, and you know what's hard, too? They get off to a great start, so you're playing catch up. Yep. And then, you know, you have to be a little bit more, uh, you have to gamble a little more, whatever, and they've got you right where they want you because they just isolate you out. And those guys, that's their game. So you just can't let it get to that point. Right. All right, let's go back to D.C. Uh, where Joe Ingles is addressing the media. All right, we'll have our first question from Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey, Joe. So obviously uh, you guys surrender. 30 points or more in in each of the quarters tonight kind of what were the biggest issues defensively against the wizards tonight uh probably don't have long enough to talk about them all to be honest um i mean it started in transition um off our kind of misses or turnovers or i mean even off made buckets they were they were pushing it um 
kind of all the way to the hoop on the rim. Um, so obviously that was, um, but we knew coming in, obviously that they play fast. They, that's what kind of, I mean, Russ has done his whole career, but they, they play fast and make some misses. They push the ball and we were, we were jogging back. And um, I mean, I think that was a, a massive part of they were getting on the rim early. Um, him and Brad obviously been the, kind of the main culprits and then kicking out for shots, offensive rebounding. Um, I mean, we didn't, I, don't, I mean, we didn't get stops all night, so you can uh, write a nice long list on what we didn't do, to be honest. Next up, Sarah Todd, Desert News. Joe, uh, Quinn and Don both, you know, said that there's, you know, a lack of focus and a lack of urgency lately. Is there anything that you can point to for the, the reason for that or why maybe communication or focus is lacking? No, I mean, I... <laughs> Obviously, it sounds silly, but if we knew if we knew it, we'd obviously kind of knock it out and and get rid of it straight away. But um, I mean, coach said it that we we've kind of started. Um, I guess his words were kind of not hungry. Like we need we need to start. I mean, we've got we've still got a decent record regardless of the result tonight. But we need to play like we like we want to win a championship. Like we want to not get knocked out in the first round, like we have been. Um, and, I, and I think that's kind of. Yeah, for for what I like, I said, I mean, I don't know the exact reason, um, but we need to come out aggressive on on both ends. When we do, we're we're a really really effing good team, um, and when we don't, it, I mean, it's shown over the last how I don't even, I don't know a record or whatever it is over the last few games. But the last few games, obviously, we haven't really felt that felt the way that we've we've played for a lot of the season this year. Uh, I think Boston, we got it started to get it back a little bit and then we, we obviously kind of lost it again tonight. So we, we need to figure it out. I mean, we know with our record and the way we've been playing, people are going to give us their best shot night in, night out. And and we haven't been ready for it. So if we continue to not be, um, it's going to be a miserable second half of the year. All right, Joe, that's it. We're done. Joe Ingles, uh, Joe tonight actually had uh, a career high uh, for him, 34. He'd, his previous career high was 27. He'd hit that a few times, and he uh, blasted right past that uh, tonight. But you're going to hear it in Joe's voice. See, he's frustrated, and I, I think he's right. He said they kind of got it back a little bit with Boston and then forgot about it tonight against Washington. Well, I think he spoke the, you know, the, the truth of the night when he said that you know they, they do need to play like a team that's capable and in a position to challenge for a championship. And right now, um, you know, they're not. They're coming out and, and, and getting off to bad starts and not being focused and locked in. Um, and so they, you know, that, that's his, I'm using his words. He said, we're playing like, you know, not like a team that gets knocked out in the first round. So they've, they've got to figure this out amongst them and, and um, just rally the troops and, and get everybody, because they understand what they got to do. Yeah. Just got to do it. Yeah, and, and you know what I like about Joe is Joe had one heck of a game, and you'd never know it listening to those post-game comments. I mean, he's – and I mean that in, like, a positive way. I mean, he wasn't a guy who strutted to the podium and said, well, it wasn't my fault we lost. You know, that was a guy who – Pretty got thoughtful. Thoughtful, has the team on his mind. I mean, because you look at Joe's line. I mean, 34 points on 12 of 17 shooting, 8 of 10 from 3. <laughs> uh, Joe was awesome. I mean, tonight. we thought his line last game was was yeah. great. This this game tonight, he played really really well, and I I think he's one guy that can say it because uh, he's definitely a guy that gives that effort. Um, and again, you know, these guys have it, it, w- that feeling of, of what it feels like. They just gotta they gotta fight to get that back. Joe, the end of the game in the plus minus plus two, by the way. So in I mean, a game Joe, where. It really wasn't close. You know, the right. final score is way closer than anything we saw most of the night. Only starter in the plus tonight was uh, was Joe Ingles. So, in fact, tied for a team high with that plus two. So, Joe had a nice night, no doubt about it. But I like those post-game comments because, you know, he, he talked about the team, the struggles, and, and the win is what matters to Joe Ingles. You get that sense from listening to him talk, that's for sure. Yeah, there's lessons that can be learned from this. Just take them and, and – then get rid of them and get ready to play tomorrow. Want to remind you about our friends Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Proud to be the preferred Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. 131 to 122 is your final. We'll have more sound from the locker room coming up next right here on the Jazz Radio Network.
Jazz Game Night Post Game Show here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe. Tough night for the Jazz. They lose to the Wizards, 131 to 122. Uh, let's get a look at your Master of the Glass, brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, back for another great year of basketball. Proud to be the preferred Auto Glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass rebound program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Light will donate $5 for each rebound by, uh, secured by this year's team rebound leader. As usual, your Master of the Glass tonight, Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. 13 rebounds for Rudy tonight to go along with his 10 points and two block shots. He had eight defensive, five offensive rebounds for Rudy. He was four of eight shooting. Rudy struggled from the line after hitting some clutch ones against Boston. He was two of 10 tonight from the free throw line. That was that wasn't a help. Two for 10. I mean, that tabs a couple trips where you go zeros, you know, just uh, it's hard. But it was kind of the way the game went tonight. And um, it, uh, you know. You don't want Rudy to go 10 for 10 in a loss, so let's go ahead and we'll take his bad night tonight. Well, Locke talked about this a lot. It, it doesn't help the way that Washington plays, where they put in uh, Robin Lopez and Alex Lennon, just sit him on top of the rim. I mean, that's, you know, uh, Locke talked about this a lot too. They're the, the best team in the NBA when it comes to protecting the rim, and you can see why because that's certainly their game plan where they're just going to sit those guys back there. But, you know, the, the – I. I, the Jazz have seen every look, right? Yeah. They've seen every look. And especially when they won 11 straight, everybody they were throwing the kitchen sink at them. You know, they were staying home. They were not helping at all off of shooters, and the Jazz has kind of picked teams apart. Um, so I don't I, – I, I'll give Washington the fact that they stick a guy at the rim, but that should be no reason why um, the Jazz don't find a way to exploit what they do. To run their offense. Yeah, run their offense and – and again, I think a big piece is kickouts. The Jazz, very few kickouts tonight, again, off drive and kick. Yeah. Did you ever uh, coach against Stanford when they had the Lopez twins there? I did not, but I actually have a great story about those Do guys. You? Yeah. So you stick around long enough, you hear it all. But Ray Giacoletti, my good friend, former coach at the University of Utah, was recruiting the Lopez older brother. Okay. Um, and the two twins were in diapers when he was recruiting the older brother. That was the disparity between the, the two of them. So wow. I think kid was a, maybe a 16-year-old, and these kids were maybe a year old or two years old. Or they were running around, I know that much, because Ray said they did a home visit, and all of a sudden he said these two prehistoric-looking kids in diapers came running around the corner, and they're tall, and they're hanging from everywhere and active, and he's like, man, these guys are going to be ballers. And so... He knew it way back when. Way when back diapers. when. Way back. I can't imagine having those two the size of that. Uh, he said it was freaky how big they were. Yeah, man. They, they, uh, they're both good. I mean, it's amazing how different they are as they've evolved as players. I mean, Robin certainly is more of kind of the the banger, the defensive guy, uh, the rebounder. He's always been a little bit more blue collar, but uh, Brooke has has changed his game entirely. He's where become he's a stretch, a, yeah, stretch guy. He's an outside in center, and uh, it's it's interesting. I give. I actually give both of them a lot of credit for, you know, sticking and being contributors to a bunch of different NBA teams. But the way Brooke evolved, his, uh, his game is really impressive, actually. And I thought Robin was really effective offensively. He was. You know, he just kind of uh, said, hey, I'm going to go right here and I'm going to shoot it over this left shoulder and you're not going to stop it. And uh, the Jazz did not do a very good job stopping it. Particularly, he kind of went right at favors when he had the opportunity. He had that hook a couple of times. Yeah, just kind of the straight yeah, arm. Right. You can almost call an offensive foul on that because he – he kind of throws that arm out to clear space. He's he's actually in the perfect position for him as, as kind of a backup energy guy, a big that can come in and wreck shop a little bit. I mean, he's he's certainly good at that. Not to get uh, too lost in a tangent about the Lopez brothers, but uh, they've they've been around for a minute, contributing to a bunch of teams. Um, this Wizards team is is not a good team, but they certainly looked good tonight. Yeah, and unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, I think it had a lot more to do with the way the kind of the Jazz came out of the gate. I think so, too. It lacked that spark, lacked that energy, lacked whatever you want to talk about. It just wasn't there. Yeah, when you when you look at, you know, that team and, and the roster and, um, you know, kind of what they're, the, what they're built to do, the Jazz just kind of let them do that tonight. You know, they let those guys be stars. They didn't get back great in transition, so the open floor was an issue. Um, and then they kind of played into their hands. Like you said, they, they stuck their bigs down there, and the Jazz tried to force – you know, things as opposed to just moving it, moving it, moving it, man. Yep. You got to move it. All right, let's go back to our nation's capital. Rudy Gobert is addressing the media. Hey, Rudy, we'll go ahead and get started with Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. 
Rudy, Coach talked about focus and communication as part of the issues on the defensive end lately. Why do you feel that you guys are, are struggling in those areas? Uh, I think especially start of the game, you know, we it feels like we start a game with not enough urgency. Um, and uh, I think the, the communication is something that we don't feel like it's it's important enough that we don't do it. And it's something that I think we should do. Uh, even on the games when you're tired, I think, you know, uh, having that vocal energy from everyone, uh, and even everyone on the bench too, uh, is really a plus, you know, and it, it really helps. So we need to, you know, uh, I think we need to understand that, that it's important and we need to do it every single night, regardless of, you know, regardless of who we play, regardless of uh, if we got legs, if we don't have legs, if we, you know, if it's raining, sunny, we, we just got to talk every night. And, uh, you know, obviously it's never going to be perfect, but uh, I think if we talk, it, it, it's, uh, it really helps us uh, get locked in and, and get on the same page. Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. Moody, do you feel like the defense right now is, is issues at the point of attack? What's going on with the transition defense? I mean, kind of what are the biggest issues uh, schematically right now for you guys? I think there's the base games when our, our offense really affects our defense, uh, especially teams that push the ball a lot. And tonight, uh, I feel like early in the game, that was the case. You know, they, they scored in transition because we really had to slow game back. And... You know, we, we kind of cleaned that shit up over the course of the game. Um, and that's why we were able to come back in the game. But, you know, I think, uh, obviously, it starts with uh, the ball pressure. It starts with me uh, getting back, talking to my teammates, uh, having their back. And, uh, you know, it's got to be our mindset. I feel like we we are not tough enough. You know, I, I, don't, I feel like we don't embrace... Uh, you know, our defensive mindset enough. We do it when we're down, you know, but when we, when the game starts, we always need to get punched first before we, we react. And, you know, if you want to be a, a great team, I think we, we need to be the team that sets the tone and, and dictates and not, not let the other team dictate to us what we do, you know, because uh, I think we got all the weapons that we need defensively and we got guys that are long, athletic, um, uh, quick, you know, we, we can do a much better job and, and, and it starts with me, of course. Last question, Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Rudy, Joe said that you guys are not being aggressive enough right now on either end, that you're, that you're not playing like a team that wants to win a championship, but like a team that's going to get knocked out in the first round again, unless it gets turned around, I guess just... How do you respond to that and, and what exactly, you know, other than the things that you've already just mentioned, do you need, do you feel like you need to do? What, what, what did you say at the beginning? Sorry. Uh, at the beginning, I, I said that Joe mentioned that uh, you guys are not aggressive enough and, and you're not playing like a championship team, but a team that's going to get knocked out in the first round. So how do you, how do you get that turned around? Uh, I think we have to understand that we haven't accomplished shit. You know, uh, we've been to the second round a few times, but uh, uh, you know, we 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 get upset when people kind of laugh laugh at us on TV and disrespect us, and and you know, and there's disrespect out there, but but it's on us to have respect for ourselves and and understand that you know, in order for like we 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 the challengers. We, we we're not the we're not the champions. We we're not a team that can just cruise and 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 then turn it on when it's playoff time. So we need to understand that we got to stay hungry, and uh, you know, and staying hungry is paying attention to the little details, uh, not being worried about individual stuff, not re not being worried about distractions, and uh, you know, and it takes you know uh, a team to be able to do that, and it takes you know. Uh, character and you know we I feel like we we have it you know I feel like we sometimes it goes away but I feel like we have it and we just need to, to try to find a way to 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 
to have it every night, you know, and to and to have that uh, that edge, you know, that chip on our shoulder that that I know we have it, you know, I know we have it, but that sometimes disappears and 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 then comes back, you know. So it's uh it's really uh you know on us to be hungry every night. We have we haven't accomplished anything yet, and I think we know it. Everybody knows it, and it's almost like it's a new season that starts now, and uh, and we need to keep getting better, you know, not overreact to a loss, but keep getting better, uh, keep enjoying the game, and uh, and uh, and be hungry. Okay, that's it. Thank you, Rudy. There was Rudy Gobert. Uh, some really strong words there uh, answering that last question, saying they haven't won anything. Said that a little stronger. Had to do a good job on the dumb button, Alex. Uh, well done. Had to do that a little more this year, haven't we? Uh, but said they haven't won anything, and they, you know, get mad when they get disrespected on TV, but added they have to have respect for themselves and uh, go out there and prove it. I thought those were really strong words. Forget about uh, the individual stuff plays a team. I thought, you know, Rudy really laid it out there quite nicely with that last answer. Rudy could be a coach. I mean, he, he actually communicates great, and, and I think he sees things reasonably well. Um, you know, the players have – can be guilty, I guess, at times, as I guess we all can. It's something we're good at, um, at just blocking out all the stuff that we mess up and focus on the things that we're great at. Um, you know, hey, I got my 25. It's on the other guys, you know. But that's not this team, and that's not what this team is about. And and I think, Rudy, it really is the heartbeat. Um, you know, I, I don't know the ins and outs and the dynamics of the locker room, but I do believe that he, he has a really good pulse of, of – what what the issues can be at times, and I think he hit it on the head tonight. I think there's a bunch of distractions, and I think that comes with being really good. Majerus used to tell us, um, you know, as coaches and as players, you say heavy is the head that wears the crown, um, and in with you know with a with a position that the Jazz have put themselves in, comes a great responsibility to be prepared and really engaged every night because you are going to take everybody's best shot. Right now, the Jazz are falling, you know, in that challenge pretty pretty poorly, and uh, they've got to find a way to rectify it. You know, Rudy also hit on something else there, and he he often does this, and I really like it where he talks about the communication. That seems to be a big thing with Rudy. And the reason I like that type of word is because nobody can get offended when you say we need to communicate better, right? You know, we need to communicate better. Everybody can communicate better. In all walks of life, we could all communicate better. But, I mean, there was one specific example where Royce O'Neal was guarding Bradley Beal above the three-point line and got hit with a pick, needed help, Nobody stepped up to help, and Beal busted a three super easy. I mean, just little stuff like that. But, you know, communicating is a big part of what Rudy does because he's the quarterback of that defense where he's back there directing traffic and telling guys what to do. And uh, I'm sure he gets frustrated when that communication breaks down and they have just terrible defensive possessions, which we saw all the time tonight. Yeah, connectivity, right? We talk about connectivity. That's that's a byproduct of really good communication, really good instinct, Um, guys being – on the same page. And so that's the challenge. Um, you know, this isn't something where, you know, the jazz need to do anything drastic. It's just, how do we get everybody back on point? How do we get everybody back, you know, on edge, um, trying to prove only one thing and with only one thing being important and that's winning games. All right, let's get to you. Some of our uh, stat nuggets from our friend Tyson Ewing. Tyson does uh, stats for the AT&T Sportsnet broadcast, and he passes along a few nuggets to us during the post game. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Ty Ewing two at T Y E W I N G two. Uh, all right, here we go, Tim. The Jazz have allowed their season high for points allowed in a game three times in the last five games. 131 points allowed in three of the last five games. That's really something. Yeah, and that's the trend we're talking about. Yeah. We just didn't see that. in the. I was looking through the winning streak, mm-hmm. and it was 96, 86, 102, 104, you know, not 120s, 130s. 131, which is exactly what they gave up against Golden State, too. Uh, let's see here. <clears throat> This is a good one from Tyson. The most consecutive stops Jazz had in this game was three. They did it four times and only once in the second half. The one time it happened in the second half was the first three possessions of the third quarter. Two or three stops in a row, you said? Three. Three. So number of times during when things are going well, we say that's a 10-0 run for the Jazz. We don't hear that much. 
No. I mean, you got to get stops in order to go on. Yeah, that zero is the important part, like Rudy said. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Uh, Let's see here. This was a season high for free throws made and attempted, 30 of 38. They've allowed more free throws just one time in their last 166 games. Which is a strength. You know, we talked about that being a strength. But another thing that uh, Washington did well that we just kind of let them do well. 38 free throws. I knew they went to a line of light, uh, the line a lot tonight, but that is, <laughs> that's a lot. And yeah, they averaged 24, so 14 more than their average. Wow, that's that's amazing. Uh, Joe Ingles had a career high in three uh, in points and three pointers made. He also surpassed 900 career three pointers. He now hit 90. He's now at 905 for his career. And I remember. How many times has Joe come close to 30? He just hasn't been able to get over the barrier. Yeah, he was at 27. He was stuck on it over and over again. You know, joking about, hey, you're never going to get there. Good for him. He got there tonight. I know he'd rather win, but I thought Joe was a real bright spot tonight. He was. Might have been the only one. Well, Donovan with 42. But uh, let's see here. The Jazz hit 18 three-pointers tonight. That's now their 10th consecutive game with 15 or more made threes. That's the second most in NBA history behind... Utah Jazz. They had 11 games between uh, January 12th to February 2nd of this year where they made 15 straight. And, and those threes, 18 made, don't quite feel the same when the stops aren't accompanying those threes, right? right. They're not as as daggerish. All right, tonight was Donovan's sixth career 40-plus point game, his first regular season 40-plus point game uh uh, since a loss on uh, January 16th of 2020 at New Orleans. So that was his last 40-plus point game. And then uh, this will be our uh, final one. Uh, this was Russell Westbrook's 159th career triple-double. It was just his fourth career uh, triple-double with at least 35 points and 15 rebounds. His first career triple-double with at least 35, 15, and 13 since December 31st of 2017. I know this. He's a cantankerous guy, and he probably doesn't have a whole lot of people that uh, think a whole lot of him. You know that when he wears a different uniform. But I will give him this: that dude plays his tail off every night. When he's in the game, he goes, and he's trying to win. Which you can't say that about most of the NBA. Yeah, he and, and it, well, yeah, you're right. It's it's one thing. It's a it's a total credit to him. He is playing his heart out every second he's on the floor. 159 triple doubles, did you say? You, let me double check that, but I believe that's the number. That Let's is, see here. Uh, yeah, 159. I mean, and that and that would say that's a guy who is trying to get make the most out every night. Uh, he, he love him or hate him, whatever. That guy plays his tail off. Yep, plays hard. There's no doubt. All right, your final score: Jazz fall to the Wizards, 131 to 122. Want to remind you about Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Proud to be the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Find out more at markmillersubaru.com. Coming up next, we'll get Coach Lacombe's final thoughts on this one and look forward to tomorrow night's matchup against the Raptors. That's straight ahead here on the Jazz Radio Network. Clarkson comes back out, trying to get off a Gobert pick, but he can't because Neto's all over him. Neto knocks it away. Neto knocks it in the backcourt. Neto steals it. Howell Neto with a cut to Russell Westbrook for the dunk. Little Neto larceny right there. There you go. Our buddy David Locke with the play of the game right now, right there. Brought to you by Larry H. Miller Dealerships for service, sales, and selection. LHMauto.com, driven by you. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe, tough loss for the Jazz. Tonight, 131 to 122 to the Washington Wizards. Post game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Uh, you talked about Russell Westbrook uh, always playing hard. So does Howell Neto. It's good to see Howell uh, tonight. Uh, he had six points, two of two shooting, two of two uh, at the line. Had a couple of steals, including a really nice one. That dude just goes out there and, and fights hard, and he's played a role for this Wizards team. I'm uh, impressed with uh, how he's kind of carved out a little niche for himself in the league. Yeah, I'm glad he's still in the league. He's a likable guy. Uh, it was kind of cool to see uh, the TV showed and all the guys greeting him, and uh, he, he looked like a, to be a popular guy amongst the team and um, you know, when he's on the other team and the highlight is a steal and basket for him, it was not a good night for you. Not a good night for the Utah Jazz. It really wasn't. Uh, if you're just joining us, going over a few of the numbers, I mean, Donovan Mitchell and Joe Ingles had great numbers. 
Donovan, uh, 42 points, his season high. He had six assists, four rebounds. Uh, Joe Ingles, 34 points, a career high for him on 12-17, shooting eight of 10 from three. Uh, but when you look on the other side of the box score, and Bradley Beal had 43 on 16 of 24 shooting, and Russell Westbrook had a triple-double with 35-15 rebounds and 13 assists. Yeah, it uh, it was not a great night. And in fact, I uh, I retweeted uh, Ben Anderson had a, a shot chart tonight for the Wizards. I don't know if you uh, have taken a look at that, uh, Tim, but it is uh, it is not good. The Wizards didn't didn't make a shot from the corner three, which is kind of odd to see. They were oh five from the corner three, but here's where they were uh, at the basket: twelve of seventeen from uh, paint, non restricted area: fifteen of twenty six. That's fifteen point fifty seven point seven percent. 13 of 26 from the free throw line to the three-point line, and then uh, 7 of 12 from the top of the key, three 58.3%. I mean, they just, I mean, they just dominated the um, middle of the floor tonight. Yeah, they, they, are, they dictated to the Jazz and really carved out the shot chart. Um, it's, it's something that the Jazz have been strong at, you know, taking a team, um, what they're good at, and flipping their shot chart and making them do other things. And, in this little streak, the other team really has done what they want to do, and the Jazz have struggled to get stops enough to uh, be effective defensively. Uh, Tim, let's uh, – well, actually, we still have one more feature to get to. I apologize. Let's get to the three-point feature sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than 80 years. Can't forget about the three-point feature. Uh, the Jazz tonight, 18 of 48 from three, 37.5%, led by Joe Ingles. Eight of 10. How about Joe shooting 80% from three uh, tonight? Donovan Mitchell, four of 12. Uh, Royce O'Neal, three of five, and then it got real ugly from there, Tim. Bogdanovich, 0, 0 for six. Rudy, randomly, 0 for one. Uh, George Niang, one of four off the bench. Jordan Clarkson, one for eight. And shout-out to Mie Oni, it was one for two. But, I mean, outside of Joe Ingles, they did not shoot the ball well from three. No, they they uh, thank goodness for Joe. Uh, he was definitely a, a bright spot all the way around. Uh, Royce made a couple, and you know it's always good to see Royce make a couple of threes uh, for those fans watching at home. So um, the Jazz, you know, just uh, again, this is this is a connected issue offense defense, um, but the Jazz have got to do a better job of moving the ball and getting guys more opportunity. All right, Tim, let's get some final thoughts uh, from you before we close the book on this one and uh, look forward to tomorrow's matchup against the Raptors. You just throw this one away. Um, You know, it's a quick turnaround. Uh, That's the other piece of this that is crazy as Washington played uh, the second night of their back-to-back tonight. Mm -hmm. You know, the Jazz rested last night or uh, were off last night while the Wizards played, so that makes this one even a little more painful. Um, but the Jazz have got to put this in the rearview mirror and, and just really go focus on trying to figure out a way to get their karma and mojo back. My suggestions are let it all start on the defensive end. If everybody engages defensively, every you know good things are going to happen because you see a guy rotate for you, you're going to throw the ball to him. You see a good block out and uh, a pitch up the floor. It just really brings a good feeling to everybody. So I think that is the place to start. Get everything going defensively. Um, and turn that into positive mojo on the offensive side. All right. We want to say a big thanks to uh, David Locke and Ron Boone calling the action tonight. Great job by those two. Alex, who was our broadcast assistant tonight? I did not see. Andrew Sorensen again, two nights in a row for Andrew. Shout out to Andrew. Thanks for your work tonight. Uh, Thanks to Alex Lundberg. Lundy doing a fine work, executive producer of Jazz Game Night. Uh, Thanks to Mark Miller Subaru, the title sponsor of the postgame show. Um, the, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. And thank you, uh, thank you, Tim Lacombe. Thank you, Jake Scott. Hey, look at, uh, look at my Norfolk State getting a win over App State. How about that? 54 to 53. Moving on to take on Gonzaga. That's near Falls Church. Uh, not quite. Okay, okay. A little further south. All right. A little further south. I just liked your Falls Church. It was, that was really funny tonight. <laughs> Well, David had that. Uh, he had the National Mall thing going, and he they did. Didn't, they didn't end up anywhere near the uh, the Jefferson. <laughs> we got Memorial. on the bus headed the wrong way and forgot to pull the ripcord. False church. What? We went the wrong direction. Uh, so uh, for the um, coming up after us uh, on 97.5, we will have NCAA tournament coverage for you. Uh, Michigan State taking on U, uh, UCLA, the winner of which will go on to take on BYU coming up on Saturday night. Last I saw their commercial right now, but it was 26-21 Spartans. So we'll see. I'm sure 
I would guess most Coug fans out there are pulling for the Bruins tonight. But who do you think is going to win? I think it's going to be the Spartans. Yeah, me too. Cougs yeah. will have their hands full, but hey, it should be fun, right? How about that? BYU gets a six seed where you go, okay, look at the Cougs get a little love. Rewarded with the Spartans. Congratulations. Welcome to BYU. Maybe it's the Bruins, though. You never know. Never know. Yeah. I mean, hey, anything can happen. The Wizards beat the Jazz tonight. That is true. The Wizards did beat the Jazz. Your final was 131 to 122. Coming up, uh, the next game will be uh, the Jazz taking on the Raptors in Tampa Bay, which feels weird to say. Coming up tomorrow night. Uh, that game will tip off at 6 o'clock. Pre-game coverage begins at 5. And, of course, you'll hear it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network.